Welcome to Mission 150, the podcast that tells stories from 150 years of Seventh-day Adventist mission to the world. To find out more about the mission of the Adventist Church today, go to AdventistMission.org. That's AdventistMission.org. Welcome to today's episode. I'm Sam Nevis. And I'm David Trim. In this week's episode, we're going to be talking about more largely forgotten missionaries with a focus on those who served for decades. In previous episodes, we've talked quite a lot about missionaries who gave their lives, dying as a result of mission service. But many more missionaries gave their lives in another sense, Sam. They gave decades of their lives in service to people far from their homelands and their homes, spending their lives far from loved ones and modern comforts. So that's a different way of saying you give your life. I prefer this because usually in the past <laughs> you started a story, I got emotionally attached to the character only to find out six months later they were dead yes. because of some illness. Not going to happen today. So who are we starting with? Right. And, and there are many missionaries like that in Adventist history. Yes. And so it's, it's a matter of singling some out who have to represent the thousands actually who we don't have time to go into their lives. In fact, one of the things that I am as a consequence of this uh, podcast that I will do in the new earth is to read their stories and hopefully ask them those questions because if there are thousands of them then it would be a, a good a good experience to ask them what it was like yeah yeah and open up a different set of archives right this episode we're going to be considering three families who spent much of their time in China and maybe in a in, in future episodes we'll look at those who served in some other parts of the world okay so we're going to start with Merritt and Wilma Warren. They went with their baby daughter Helen to China in 1913. Merritt was just 22 and Wilma was 24. So as we've seen in the past, very often missionaries in the early 20th century, late 19th century were very young. And they would get married to go to mission. Yeah, in this case, they'd been married a little longer because they had yeah. a daughter, but you know, it, they haven't been married that, or had a, their daughter's not very old. And, and so, yes, very young people, and as we've talked about in the past, it's extraordinary the way the church trusts them to say, you make the church. I, I wish we had that kind of trust in our young people today. Sometimes, you know, when I was a pastor in London, it occurred to me that one of our young people was responsible in his job for, we calculated about six million pounds budget. Wow. But we wouldn't trust him with the key to the church. <laughs> <laughs> something, something is wrong. He wasn't an happened. elder. <laughs> yeah, so it's, yeah. Any rate, so Merritt and Wilma served in Chinese territories for 37 years until 1949. And even then, when the China division was in disarray after the communist victory in the Chinese Civil War and Merritt was approaching 60 years of age, at that point, he's urged by the division president, quote, to return to your homeland because he had, quote, given all that can be expected. And it's true. He'd given a huge amount. For example, Merritt himself believed that he had hiked, walked 25,000 miles in China. Well, he got his steps. Yeah, he got... <laughs> it's over 37 years. But yes, you know, he's traveled a huge distance. And what's more... The Warrens are almost always on the front line of mission in remote areas. So there, there aren't modern roads, there aren't tr trucks, there aren't uh, motorboats. 
Um, so w if he has to travel anywhere, he's got to do it on his own two feet. Hmm. Um, he traveled a thousand miles in the spring and summer of 1931 when he and another missionary, Claude Miller, had traveled on foot together in bandit-infested areas in West China as they visited believers under extremely difficult circumstances. And in many other ways, too, the Warrens had given their all because they remained in China throughout World War II. Now, that wasn't actually common because in 1940 and 41, the US government could see that war with Japan was becoming more and more likely. And at the same time, the Japanese had already invaded China. In one sense, there are those who would say that World War II started in 1937 when the Japanese invaded China. Hmm. Because, of course, eventually... i never seen it that way. Yeah. Well, eventually, World War II includes the Japanese sure. war in China. So why not start in 1937 with that instead of 1939 with Germany invading Poland? Right. The Japanese are fighting through China. It's very dangerous for Westerners. Um, and there's the increasing chance that America and Japan are going to go to war. So the U.S. government actually orders the evacuation of many American missionaries from China, not just Adventists of all nationalities. It orders the... It, it, encourages strongly the evacuation of U.S. nationals from China. The irony, Sam, is that many of them go to the Philippines because that was thought of as being safe. Much worse. In, in and, the, and Well, as it turns yeah. out, in early 1942, when the Japanese roll through and conquer the Philippines, many of these missionaries who had been in China get interned by the Japanese for the rest of the war. Um, but there are a fair number who went back to the United States. And the Warrens? The Warrens hadn't refused to be evacuated. They stayed working in the, in, in the, the front line of mission. Okay. And so they actually spent World War II in China, suffering the same hazards and hardships as the Chinese people. Um, and actually, all three families we're considering today spent the war in China. So they, they gave an awful lot. In, in their mission service. And during their nearly four decades of mission service, they enjoyed four furloughs to the United States. So roughly one every 10 years, which is the way it was then. It later went to once every five years and once every three years. And today, because you have jet travel, we have what's called annual leave. Um, you don't get as long as you did when it was once every five years or much less every 10 years, but then it might take you a month or more to get home, so you needed to have six, you know, six months off or something. Right. Um, but anyway, they had four furloughs to the United States, but they always returned to China. They sent their six children, five of whom I think were born in China, they sent their six children to boarding academies and colleges in America. That's a lot of children. It is, but also think about it. What did the Warrens miss out on? What did Wilma and Merritt miss out on? They missed out on their children's formative years. Right. And their children missed out on their parents. Right. And actually, the Warrens missed all but one of their children's high school and college graduations. And they missed the weddings of all three daughters. Now, there would be those who would question their order of priorities, Sam, as to whether you shouldn't... But it wasn't a plain flight either. It was, it was very difficult, yes. And so they sent their children back home to be educated because there were no good... There weren't schools and colleges as good as those in America. There weren't those in sure. China. 
The description that you're giving about China is very different to China today. Oh, absolutely, You know, yes. the difficulty of travel and you have to go on right. foot. They get a bullet train much faster than Europe or America. Absolutely. <laughs> when my wife and I visited China in 2019, we flew from Hong Kong to Xi'an. But from Xi'an to Lanzhou, we took a fast train. And it was great. It was very comfortable. It was right. very fast. It was very efficient. And you have these huge cities with... And then we flew from... Uh, Lanzhou to Beijing on a nice, at this wonderful, lavish airport outside Lanzhou. Hmm. Um, because China is, is like that today. Everything is modern and lavish. Yeah. It's very different then. And so you send your children to school where you think they'll get the best education, the best Adventist education. Mm -hmm. And they want them to be educated in English because they do think of themselves as American. Though The longer they spend in China, the less American they're becoming. Yeah. And once your children are there... Because your furlough is only once every 10 years, you just don't have the opportunity to, to go there for a graduation or, or even for a wedding. But nevertheless, this is considerable sacrifice. Yes, it is. Um, yes, it is. And you, we might say Merritt and Wilma not only gave their lives, they gave their children's lives because they didn't grow up with them. Yeah. Merritt and Wilma did what they thought was best for their children. And they were probably right, but that didn't lessen the sacrifice they made. And it was one typical of many missionaries. Mm -hmm. This business where you don't see your parents, you don't see your siblings, you miss out on your children growing up, and your children get raised by educators and, your, and the grandparents to some extent. I'm not sure the positives or negatives to this. What happened to the children? Do we know? Yes, um, I've actually interviewed one of the children who only died this year. Wow. He was in his late 90s. He went on to be, he'd been an academic at Pacific Union College and Walla Walla College, then university. Um, so he gave his life to the... Did, he also served the church. He served the church as a, in a very distinguished capacity in, in, in Adventist academia. And I believe most of the children remained Adventist. Uh, there is, the, the literature on this isn't clear on yeah. the research of what happens with children and parents and I was reading about the the conclusion from one researcher was it is better for you to have to be happier and fulfilled at work. In other words, if you believe your work is meaningful and you're dedicated to it and you experience less time with your children than being full time with your children and being miserable about what you do. The results of the longitudinal studies of, of those two show that the, imp the negative impact to the children is much better bigger. The negative impact is larger if you spend much more time with them, but you are miserable. Well, I don't Less time if you are we don't know that the Warrens meaningfully would have been, happy. I think that's a really good point, but we don't know that the Warrens would have been miserable. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard, you know, today when things are much easier, it's hard to identify with that kind of sacrifice. And equally, one could do what a number of missionaries did, which is when their children got to be teenagers... Rather than sending them to boarding academies thousands of miles away, homeschooled, or they or, went, or they took, they returned to the homeland. I see. Mm -hmm. And so that the whole was all family the, went back to the homeland. That was, and in fact, that's the reason my family returned from India to my father's homeland of Australia. Mm -hmm. There had been an Adventist boarding school in India, but it closed. Um, so my elder sister went to Far East Academy in Singapore, which is an awfully long way from from Bombay in India. Yeah, yeah. 
and she was not happy there at being so far removed. And so I had other siblings coming up to go to high school and my parents just thought we would love to stay in India, but the better thing for us to do is to go home so that we can see our children educated. So that yeah. was an option for the Warrens, but they were so committed to the people of China that they wanted to, and they were so committed to the mission of God that they wanted to keep working to share the Adventist message. And at least one of their children understood that sacrifice and that uh, dedication and did the same in his own yes, career. Yeah. Not, not serving overseas, but you know, he, he could have served. He was very, I mean, very capable guy, even in, the 90, even in his 90s when I knew him. He could have served in other universities and made a lot more money, unquestionably, but he mm. gave his life to Adventist education instead. Yeah. So this is what the Warrens have done and what they've sacrificed. And so now, remember, we come to 1949, the communists have won the Civil War. Right. Lots of Adventist missionaries are being repatriated to the United States because actually what happens after the war is the Adventists send many, many missionaries to China again. The number of missionaries goes up dramatically in just as in the space of a year or two. I see. So, so with the, by having, 49, Mao is Mao, right? Mao Zedong, yes. Mao Zedong, he wins with the revolution. And now that America is in this Cold War between right. capitalism and communism, it's not the healthiest place in the world for Americans to live in. Well, absolutely not. And so it's, a, it's an, athe an openly, avowedly atheistic regime. There's no place for foreign missionaries who are seen as the agents of imperial powers. There's lots of missionaries being pulled back to the United States. Um, they have this brief window of two or three years to work in, and now they're all being pulled back. And so remember, they've been there for 36 years, and the division president actually says, you know, why don't you return to your homeland? Because you've given all that can be expected. And what does Warren Merritt say? He, he replies, brethren, isn't there some field in the Far Eastern division I can serve? <laughs> uh, uh, and I would guess, Sam, that part of this is America isn't a homeland to them anymore. Because America has changed dramatically in the last 30 years that they were away. It, it would have. And also they've spent, they've spent all their time in a radically different culture. Because remember, it's, they're not even spending their time in, in Shanghai or Nanjing, these big cities. They're in the farmlands. They're, the, they're in the remote rural areas, exactly. Yeah. Um, so maybe part of it is that they just, America doesn't have an attraction for them. It's their homeland, but it's not their homeland. So they go to furlough, they, they see it there, and, and maybe they prefer or would like to continue that right. sense of purpose and mission. Right. Abroad. And... Merritt is thinking, I'm not quite 60 yet. I've got a few more good years in me. And so he, was, he had actually been a union president in China. Okay. Do the brethren listen? Yes. He, they call him to serve as president of the East Visayan Mission in the Philippines. Hmm. Um, and so that means accepting what some might see as a demotion, going down from a union president to a mission president, which would be a big deal for certain people, sir. Not for him. Not for him. He accepts the call and he goes to the East Visayan Mission. And two years later, he was elected president of the North Philippines Union. And he spent six years in the Philippines serving with grace and good humor and wow. helping to found uh, a new college uh, as in the Philippines as well. Okay. Did they die in the mission field or did they come back? No, but it, their time with China isn't done. Because after mm. the six years in the Philippines... 
they get asked to go to Taiwan. I see. Now, Taiwan, we have to know, had almost no Adventist presence in 1949. It had been a very backward area. It had been under Japanese rule, mm -hmm. the island of Formosa. It had been ruled by the Japanese. It actually wasn't part of the China division because it was under Japan. With the end of World War II, Taiwan gets returned to China. And, but now, Taiwan, Hong Kong, and Macau are the three parts of China where Adventism can survive because Hong Kong is a British colony, Macau is a Portuguese colony, and Taiwan is where the nationalist government of China under Chiang Kai-shek has gone to seek refuge. And because it's an island, the Chinese government with its military forces can't reach it, and Taiwan is protected by the U.S. fleet. So now you've got... And okay. so Taiwan begins the path of rapid industrialization that leads to it today being one of the most technologically developed Advanced. parts of the mm -hmm. world. Yeah. But at the time, there's almost no Adventist presence there because there never has been. And yet now, if you want to have a presence in China, you've got to build up your work in Taiwan because, hey, you're within radio broadcasting range of the Chinese mainland, and this will keep people in touch with the Chinese language. So... The Warrens get called to spend time in Taiwan, and they work there for five years. They only retired to California in 1960 when Merritt was 69 and Wilma was 72. Hmm. Um, photographs from a biography that we'll, we'll put on the, the video version show them as they were in 1913 when first traveling to China, and then as they were decades later on retiring, and the years of toil are inscribed on their features. They look weary. And yet, as they looked back over years of privation, isolation, joy, sorrow, souls influenced and souls won, Merritt and Wilma were in no doubt about the character of their experience. They said, hasn't the Lord been good to us through all the years? Now, wow. at various times in, that, in those years, they probably thought maybe the Lord isn't being so kind to us because they went through privations, as I said. But no, their overall, their overall verdict is God has been good to us, despite what they sacrificed. What a beautiful testimony, David. Thank you for bringing us through the Warrens in China. And thank you for joining us in this episode of Mission 150. Please keep watching on AdventistReview.tv, on the Seventh-day Adventist Church's YouTube channel, or listening on your favorite podcast platform. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends. If you want to know more about Adventist missionary work and missionaries today, go to AdventistMission.org. That's AdventistMission.org. And if you want to find mission opportunities today, go to VividFaith.com. We'll be back next week with more on the inspiring history of Adventist mission around the world.